It's the Persistent and Nasty Podcast at the Edinburgh Festival Fringe 2023 series. The episodes will be released at various different times, so make sure that you have subscribed so you get notified when a new episode has dropped. We have some amazing guests coming up for you and I know that you won't want to miss them. They will be everything from circus performers to theatre makers to singers to spoken word poets and we can't wait to share all of them with you. Remember, if you are taking part in the Edinburgh Festival Fringe or you are just going for a visit, remember your rain jacket, your comfy shoes and a pair of shorts because you never know the weather that you're going to get in Edinburgh. But what you are guaranteed is some incredible pieces of theatre. Enjoy the episode and remember... Stay nasty. Hello you gorgeous lot and welcome to another episode of the Persistent and Nasty Podcast Edinburgh Festival Fringe Series 2023. I hope that you are looking after yourself, being kind to yourself and each other. Well, the episodes are coming. Well, the episodes are coming out fast and furious now, so make sure that you have subscribed to the podcasts so that you don't miss a single one because we have some incredible guests lined up for you. Um, also, if you are at the festival right now, I hope that you are drinking lots of water, getting some vegetables, but also um, I hope that you've got some summer clothes with you because it's decided to get warm. I thought this would happen. We've not got any sunshine yet, so we're still in kind of clammy territory, um, which is never great. Um, So make sure you've got your water, some summery clothes and a fan because we'll definitely need that. Um, Also, uh, there is a lurgy going about in Edinburgh and uh, both Louise and I have been kind of hit by it. I am starting to come out the other side of it now, um, but poor Lou is not having the best time. So uh, make sure you've got yourself some hot water, honey, lemon, ginger. If you are doing a festival show, um, keep yourself hydrated and maybe just have one or two early nights. But you know, you do you, do whatever you need to do. Today, Louise and I chat with actor, writer, Pavan Siddiquian. We chat Pavan's new show, Jewel, which begins its run on the 17th of August till the 28th of August at the Pleasance Dome. And it is on at 2.55 or 5 to 3 or 14.55, whichever one of those times you prefer. Um, a really brilliant episode we talk about training and how drama school isn't always the place for everyone. We talk about creating work uh, that inspires you. Um, we talk about riots. We talk about fighting uh, the good fight. And um, we talk about dual citizenship as that is one of the themes in the show, being both British and Iranian. What that means, what people's expectations and preconceived ideas are. It is a really brilliant, really excellent episode uh, with an amazing amazing performer and writer and we're really excited to share it with you all there's a little bit of an issue with sound a couple of moments and um, i think part of it was the zoom connection um, but i have tried to do my best to sort that for you also hopefully it's all fine all details for jewel are in the show notes of today's episode you can follow us on all social media Twitter at Persistent Nasty, Instagram at Persistent and Nasty, Facebook Persistent and Nasty. 
Check out our website www.persistentandnasty.co.uk or send us an email to persistentandnasty at gmail.com. Also, a little reminder for all of you, you can check out our blogs of the different artists that we've been speaking to over the festival. And indeed, just before the festival began, we had a brilliant Sarah Grant filmmaker talking about her new novel, Fat Girl Best Friend. And you can find all of the blogs on the website. You can also support us if you enjoy the podcast, if you have ever come to one of our coffee mornings or if you're a supporter of the advocacy work we do. You can become a persistent pal or a nasty hero or you can give us the price of a cup of coffee or tea and the links for that are also in the show notes of today's episode. And if you can't financially support us, which we completely understand, you can help by downloading, reviewing, subscribing to the podcast and shouting about us on all social media. That really does make a huge difference and also it allows all of our incredible guests to be heard by as many people as possible and that is so wonderful to us and we are so grateful to every single one of you who supports us in all of the different ways whether it's financial or shouting about us on social media or just telling someone about us or downloading um, the podcasts you are all incredible and you keep Louise and I going so thank you thank you thank you you can also follow Louise and I on social media. Louise is at Ms. Louise Oliver on both Twitter and Instagram. And I am at Elaine Stirrett on Twitter and at Elaine.Stirrett on Instagram. As you can hear, my voice is getting a little bit sore. Uh, that'll be that lurky. Um, so I suggest oh something soothing for those of us who are struggling, but also because this episode is so brilliant and we talk about so many things. So something really uplifting, something with a little bit that gives you a bit of fire in your belly. Again, I'm thinking a spicy margarita and I don't know why, but you know, there we go. Uh, <laughs> or you could have a, a hot chocolate maybe a coffee with cinnamon. I know it's the wrong time of year, I know. Um, or you can always just have a good old cup of tea. Sit back, relax and enjoy. That's where I'm at today. <laughs> Woo! We can Not do the that. right buttons and all of that. Uh, yay! Um, Pavan, welcome to the Persistent and Nasty podcast. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm very excited to get Nasty, but you too. Yeah, I love that intro. (laughs) That is a good intro. Um, We're really excited to chat with you. Um, We're really excited uh, that you got in touch with us. Um, But you'd actually already been on our little radar of, yeah, of uh, people that we were hoping that we'd get the chance to. You're on each other's radar because I feel like, Yeah. yeah, I've been lurking about looking at what you two are up to a lot as well oh nice nice. (laughs) love it we're both we're all just lurking in each other I mean that sounds a little bit dodgy that's not where we're going but you know um anyway uh let's get a little bit of history on you I'm having a cramp in my leg so I'm just gonna pass that over and don't do that Oh, there we go. Uh, let's have a little bit of history of you. How did you make your way into this industry, get to this point, this, yeah, joy, yeah. tricky, messy, wonderful industry of ours? Yeah, <laughs> I feel like it's, um, I, I've been around longer than I'd like to think. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I, so I started off really, um kind of doing theatre projects as a as a kid through community things that were just you know passed through the area or through my school and got involved that way um 
I was very, very, I still am very shy. Um, but when I was really little, I was shy to the point of like, not even um, sort of like mute almost sometimes. Like it's not even like I didn't want to speak. It's just, I couldn't. Um, so I kind of got forced into drama classes by my mum on the weekend. Um, spent about a month sitting in the corner when my arms crossed like not looking at anyone basically and then uh, I can't remember what clicked I think it was just um there must have been something going on that I was just suddenly really interested in and then that was me uh done totally backfired on my parents because I then haven't shut up since but um yeah yeah so that's kind of my early days way in and I think that interest was recognized through teachers at school and um when I was at secondary school I was sort of um, pushed to audition for the National Youth Theatre, which I'd never even heard of before. Um, and yeah, did that. And I think just from there, it kind of became a, a natural progression almost of, oh yeah, I could do this as a job. And um, I didn't go drama school. I um, considered it, um, went to a couple of open days and everyone was just really posh. And I had like a shaved head and more piercings than I've got now. And I was like, this ain't, this ain't the one. Um, so I went to uni instead, still did drama and theatre arts. Um, but actually I think that was more suited to me in terms of making work. And I've always been interested in getting in, in the, the sort of nitty gritty of the early, early doors of it all, the process. Um, and yeah, kind of like, spent a long time not knowing what I was doing you know making all those mistakes because I was entering an industry I knew nothing about um and I suppose kind of where I arrived to in terms of where I'm at now was driven by a, a sort of interest in terms of just always being interested in making new work and being interested in not just text but like movement and puppetry and all that kind of thing and so I ended up getting these these jobs where it was, oh, I was performing, I'd get in the room at R&D stages when you're like, yeah, let's just try some stuff out. Um, and I did that and I still do do that. And it got to a point where it's like, I could see my creative stamp on things that I was part of um, in its kind of early creative processes. But, and it's a difficult one with kind of authorship of devised work but you know you're only being credited as performer um and so it just got to a point where I was like I need to as much as I don't want to do all the kind of associated admin of it all I need to start taking responsibility for my own creative output I suppose um yeah and kind of started making making the show Jewel Dog now that I've got now which has been uh, kind of a few years in the making in and of itself and and doing odd bits of writing here and there and all the jobbing actor stuff on the side really so I'm quite lucky because I get to I'm in a position where I've been able to to juggle lots of different things that I like doing. I think um, just what you were saying there about going to uni and finding the right path for you as well I think that's always super important that people talk about that in the industry because I think there's always this thing isn't there about oh you need to go to drama school and you need to get into those specific drama schools if this is what you want and that's it when actually it's really important that everybody gets to hear there's different avenues into the industry and actually drama school might not be for you 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, even to remind myself that sometimes, because there's definitely a few times of a year at least where I'm like, oh, maybe I'm not getting seen for this thing because I didn't go to X drama school. And um, and there are like I think it's a, an immense like privilege and luxury to be able to dedicate the amount of time that you get at drama school to like just learning your, you know, for want of a better term, learning your craft or, or whatever. I think it's great to have that. Um, but yeah. If there was if there was an equivalent that that was like for weirdos drama school for weirdos that would be me <laughs> that'd be where I go um yeah yeah but there are definitely different like there's more than one way and it's not always linear as well as what I've learned totally it's totally coded in the way we talk to each other as well it's like the, the amount of times people open with the question of where did you train and you're like oh, well I mean actually I went around this route but because you've led with that question now I'm like now I'm just thinking, yeah. well, maybe I shouldn't have done that. So like, yeah, it's right, <laughs> it's right in the way we talk to one another about these sorts of things. And it's, yeah, yeah. the path is not linear, as you say. And it's, it's, I think, yeah, the where did you train is like, yeah, technically I'm untrained, but I've definitely trained. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not from a particular school. So, uh, yeah, it's a bit culty, I think, sometimes, to be honest, when it's like you're from a certain drama school and that must mean you work a certain way yeah not into it to be fair yeah because I think that's a really good point we've had actually had somebody talk about the cult of drama school before (laughs) um on the podcast yeah um and I think that yeah you're absolutely right because it is that sense of people will kind of already make an assumption on your style and also everybody's allowed to change their style (laughs) (laughs) we're all human beings we're all just free-flowing um but I really like when what you saw, talked about about going to uni and like the fact that you get to be there at the very beginning of something that was the thing that really interests you um and I used to be part of a um a, an ensemble and we would do a load of devising work as well so that like I'm I'm with you on that I'm like yeah give me it all and I think Lou's probably really the same being a writer and everything and um, I think kind of my question there for you was when did you feel like you could start to do your own stuff and like your own writing and just start pushing that out? I think um, I, do you know what, I sort of, <laughs> I kind of, I'd been thinking about it for a while um, and it was getting to a point where I didn't really feel like I was progressing in terms of like I was getting lots of work but it was in like the same sort of scale of of theatre um and uh, you know only as ever a performer even though I was definitely doing more than just going in and learning my lines and stand there and do that sort of thing um and it was actually uh I should credit Amy Claire Tasker uh, for kind of giving me a kick up the bum because I remember the conversation really clearly we were both on a on a front of house job together um kind of during a quiet period just mooching around and I was sort of talking about all these different ideas that I'd love to get off the ground and she just sort of kept firing these like well why don't you questions at me and every excuse I came up with she was just like well do you know you can do this and you can do that and I was like ah oh, shit you're really <laughs> I'm gonna have to do it now ain't I um and but it was it was that kind of like actually there aren't I do actually need to take responsibility for it and it's fucking hard but um yeah yeah I was like well no one else is going to do it so here I am (laughs) yeah 
So we're doing it again. We're doing, we're doing, doing that again. thing where Elaine and I never do this know thing when we're first. on Zoom and we look at each other and we think that we've got who's going to ask the next question. And then there's this awkward pause, <laughs> and the guest, I'm sure, is like, "What the fuck are these two all about?" Um, but uh, oh, I should have said you can swear if you want. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> feel free to bleep it out. Oh no, no, absolutely not. Like, don't worry. <laughs> you, can, you can drop whatever you want on this. Like, yeah. Uh, and I will probably do that. Go, Lou, because I think you had a question. Uh, no, I was just I was just thinking about how, again, drama schools are just not, uh, they, they're not the environment to equip people with, like, understanding the ways in which they can make their own work. Um, so sometimes I think it is better to find your own path or go through a more academic route or pick a different course and, and find your way through, uh, like, going to see theatre and getting, you know, acquainted with your local scene. Because um, that's certainly what happened with me. And I was just curious about, what that first moment was for you like what was the first gig or opportunity or person that you met that you kind of was the first step towards that oh I think that's a really I feel like it's really hard um I think my like I did a lot of different things in the National Youth Theatre um that gave me a taste of what was possible in terms of working with new writing, doing mad, like, big ensemble pieces where you create something from nothing and, um, like, really physical stuff and also working uh, on kind of different kinds of community projects and uh, young offenders institutes and stuff like that. Like, there was just this whole world that I was like, oh, you can literally apply this stuff into whatever setting you really want, um, to like whatever is in your your head um you can have a go at, at doing it and I think that's kind of what um gave me this little taste for it and then um yeah I don't know I'm trying to like I there used to be a scheme that doesn't exist anymore sadly um but and I don't know if it existed outside of London even but there used to be these under 25s like free theatre tickets thing and um I rinsed that for all it was worth and I would go and see anything even if like, it was like not the kind of thing I would ever go and see and I saw like lots of stuff I really hated as well but actually I still quite enjoyed it because I really enjoyed thinking about it afterwards and being like why what was it about that that wasn't for me and I think there's a difference between um thinking something that's just actually not very good or um, something just really not being to your taste or doing what you would hope something like that would do and deconstructing like why that is or sometimes being like yeah actually that was great but I still didn't like it and maybe that's just because it's actually not made for me or yeah um, so yeah all that kind of exposing myself to all those those things I think I don't know if that's even answered your question sorry it's not one specific moment I think oh it's, that's great yeah um but Absolutely. yeah yeah I think it's really that kind of conversation as well about going to see stuff that isn't for you and then what you might get out of that and I think that's really important too like we're so easy to just jump onto the oh well you know I don't really like that so I'll just not bother but then you might miss out on something that might inspire you in a different way it's maybe not right for you in that moment but it might come back to you in like five or six years and you're like actually that was really that moment and that piece was brilliant or whatever yeah right you don't know what you don't know until you experience it right so yeah, yeah. and I, it's I mean I think it's 
definitely harder these days now that I, <laughs> I'm not definitely not under 25 anymore and also though that scheme doesn't exist um yeah like it when when you pay more for something I think your relationship and expectations to it are different as as well un unfortunately um and you maybe take less risks than you normally would but yeah I do still try and see stuff that I'm like oh I don't know anyone that's involved with that or like yeah um or I'll just tag along with someone else if they're going to see something I'm like oh I've not heard of that yeah I'll come along because I might be surprised yeah and for the writing for you is that always something that you really enjoyed doing as well yeah that's been a more recent thing in terms of like I've always thought of myself as a divisor that would then like maybe just write down what I did <laughs> after. um because you know someone's got to remember what happened but um somebody's got to do it <laughs> yeah exactly yeah um but then kind of uh did a couple of writing programs so I did like Soho Writers Lab and um last year came off of Tamasha Writers Lab as well and sort of got challenged to like think of myself as a writer and what I found doing both of those things um that was that I really liked actually was writing without me in mind at all um it's really freeing I think and uh, last year um there's a, a a horror theater company called terrifying women and um set up by uh Sammy um Abby Sakarian and and uh, Morgan Lloyd Malcolm and they um uh they the first year they did it I performed it a piece and the following year they had uh, a few commissions that um you could send in an anonymous pitch for and I happened to get one and had to write a, a 10 to 15 minute horror monologue um which I could have performed myself, but I knew that I couldn't because I was rehearsing for a different show. Um, and actually, it was really great to be like, here's this thing I've made. I'm handing it over to a director and a performer that I've got nothing to do with because I'm not available to, to be around. And um, and then just like rock up and be like amazed by what's what's been created. Also, it is quite nice being like oh, that's not my problem you figure it out as well um <laughs> like that's yeah that's your job um yeah one of yeah rehearsing this show now I'm like oh fuck I've got to do this and I <laughs> you're like fuck I should have given it to someone else yeah <laughs> that's the lesson <laughs> yeah write it set back get all the credit and then you're like cool no I'm joking I'm joking um I'm joking. I really like that moment when you're writing a script and because I've got a producer brain as well I'm like like oh no, that's that's gonna that's gonna cost money and then like you know what I'm gonna let somebody else worry about that I've got to write your hat on at the moment <laughs> someone else's problem yeah talking about writing let's chat about your show that you have come into Edinburgh and you are on at the Pleasance yeah so I'm at Pleasance 10 Dome and you're from the 17th? Sorry, yeah, I should give the date, shouldn't I? <laughs> from the 17th. No, you're all right. Don't worry. We've, as I said, we've got you. You're totally yeah. fine. 17th to 28th at 2.55pm. Is this your first festival? It's not. I've performed once before. So I was up in 2019 um, with Javad Alipour's Rich Kids History of Shopping Malls in Tehran. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, but this is my first time bringing my own show, which is a whole different experience. Yeah. How are you finding it so far? 
Um, good. Um, so I've just started rehearsals this week and it's um, I'm exhausted because I'm having to do like the admin still either side of all that. Um, but it is really good to just be back in my body with it and remembering what I'm doing because I feel like I've spent months like writing a hundred different versions of copy and you know kind of thinking about it in a whole different way that I yeah it's like oh yeah this is what I'm doing um yeah yeah I'm excited to bring it to a different audience as well after three years of first doing it so yeah um so let's tell the listeners what the show is about Jewel so yeah, dual. Um, so the full title's dual dog and air. Uh, not that I'd necessarily expect anyone, everyone to know, unless you read Farsi as well. So dog and air is just um, dual in in Persian, and it is about. I feel like when I describe it, it sounds really boring. If I, I'm like, oh yeah, it's about passports and protests, um, but it's um, it stems from an experience that I had when I was. 10 I went to so I'm half Iranian and um, I went to Iran for the first time to visit that side of the family got stuck there because uh, that's just what the rules are like um, in Iran and they don't recognize dual citizenship so um, they in their eyes me and my dad were just Iranian and there was no two ways about it um, and then meanwhile the kind of official UK line is like well if you're a dual citizen don't go to Iran it's kind of your problem um which we've seen in like you hit you hear about it in the news all the time with people getting caught up in that stuff um and it's yeah and it's just one of those things that I think has stayed with me throughout my life I came back you know I was only yeah 10 going out there I was 11 when I came back and was like oh yeah the world is uh <laughs> learned a lot <laughs> about it um and I think in wanting in what kind of really pushed me towards making this show at this time was there was just a lot of talk about passports um in what was it 2018-19 um when I first started developing it of, of people sort of being like oh yeah you're so lucky you've got two passports and um yeah and it's like well it's not really is it actually depends because it definitely depends what those two passports are as to whether you're lucky or not um and yeah it it just kind of expanded from a little solo project by myself at Camden People's Theatre where I was like oh I think there's a thing about this but also I'm gonna I've got a drag character and um there's some puppets and yeah lots of sort of mad things and then um I'm really fortunate to have from that got a full creative team a wonderful team of yeah just creatives from all different nationalities living in different countries from different places and um all kind of pouring their own experiences into it so um sorry I'm rambling but yes I suppose it's it's a sort of autobiographical show in that there's a starting point that is definitely about my experience but it's it opens up into a much wider um, discussion about our own relationship to um, our passports and what we're entitled to and what we're willing to stand up for and who for. Really important conversation, first of all, um, and obviously that kind of thing of people probably questioning a lot of their own 
where they stand on certain things like I'm sure that that's probably coming up for some people when they come and see the show that you know people will make an assumption of yeah I'll stand up for that but actually when you're then faced with something how does that then work and um, I would imagine there's a lot of uh, people looking at them that have you had that kind of reaction yeah I think there's um it'd be interesting to see what the mood is actually because when because I did a couple of developments before it first performed at Vault Festival in 2020 and like depending on the crowd there were some crowds that are like um really uh like ang- like right you know legitimately so angry about lots of things and like giving them the opportunity so, so we we kind of talk about well there's a bit in the show there's a lot of me directly kind of talking to the audience about stuff and opportunities for them to say what things they do give a shit about um and yes there are some some crowds that are like really up for it and I'm like yeah these are the people that are going to (laughs) be causing waves um and then yeah the only I think there was one there was one time where like and it's weird isn't it because people it's a crowd thing if you've got one a couple of people that are like willing to put themselves out there then loads of people will but there's one particularly like reserved crowd um and when it's like right what do you care about and there was one one guy um and unfortunately I think it's one of those things it's like yeah it's, he's exactly how you'd imagine the demographic of this one guy to be um who was like oh good coffee and it's like okay fine I mean I like good coffee too don't get me wrong I'm a coffee snob um but let's throw it out to the crowd is anyone here willing to take to the streets over coffee and it's like no okay shut the fuck up <laughs> let's and what do you care about and then people like come when they get it um you know it's like yeah we can do that if you want we can have a protest about coffee but yeah is, is that really what you is that where your line is I think and it's a uh, yeah it's just like I think in that moment you reveal more about yourself um yeah <laughs> yeah you'd be a bit like mate unless you're going somewhere with this like I don't know the exploitation of workers or how coffee beans are made in the industrial complex then yeah shut <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly and then yeah but also if you're going to throw something out there like that you've got to carry back it up carry on yeah with it. exactly think back down um yeah yeah so you know <laughs> Yeah, it's not so big and clever when the spotlight's on you now, mate, is it? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I'm saying that now, I bet I'll get some right smart asses in these audiences in the next couple of weeks. So uh, yeah, bring it. <laughs> I mean, you probably will, but you'll also just get really lovely people at the festival who are ready for like, ready for yeah. the revolution. We'll be ready for the streets straight after it. Like we'll be up for it and we'll be like kind of coming out and going, right, fuck this. What are we fucking up? Let's go. Yeah, yeah probably about 90% of our listenership 95 percent of the listenership will be going but they'll be ready they'll bring their their poster cards and their glitter and get ready to make a sign for the revolution yeah yeah Yeah, bring your own sign that's what i should do (laughs) so what can people expect from the show and then what is it you hope people will get from the show um so people can expect uh it's quite chaotic show it's quite unpredictable um it doesn't it's quite uh it yeah it doesn't settle into any one thing for a particularly long time you get to make noise you get to um move around a bit uh I am there's puppets there's a drag act there's me my dad is in it not physically his voice is there um there's loads of 
kind of Persian pop mashups, there's punk, there's also there's a riot. Um, yeah, so it's it's raucous, it's quite punky aesthetically, I think. Um, and I what I really hope people take away from it, I I think is um, you know, it's not there to educate people about Iran, but um if you happen to not know very much about it, which I understand because unless, you know, I'm half Iranian, so I, I don't have a choice. I kind of have been bashed over the head with it <laughs> um, from day dot, really. But, you know, if you're only getting your your kind of understanding of Iran um, from mainstream kind of cultural outlets, then, um, then I don't blame you. Um, but so hopefully if you've got those preconceptions that maybe you didn't even realise you had, this will um, shed some light on those, especially with what's happening now um, at the moment in Iran. Um, and, uh, and But also kind of reframing it so that it's like, well, actually, obviously the UK is a very different country, but, I mean, especially now with the, the kind of public order uh, bill and all that kind of stuff and uh, what's it called biddy stockholm bibby bibby stop bibby sorry i keep calling it biddy um, but <laughs> um but yeah like there's things happening very close to home that are right under our nose that we're just sort of letting slide by and um i think it's if there's anything that people take away is that it's it's not it's this never something that just happens to people over there far away. Um, it's, we're all only a few steps away from fascism, really. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, it's kind of hopefully a perspective shift in that sense. Yeah, and I think like what you touched on there, obviously like there will be people, plenty of people who will be coming to see the show who have preconceived ideas and notions and uh, on all of it but uh and and particularly with what's happening right now in Iran but as you say there's a big thing about what we do and what we let slide and that's something is really interesting total tangent but me and my dad were having this conversation uh actually just recently and he's like we've got so numb to stuff that we're just letting things slide and we're not questioning why and you know we've mentioned it like there are bills getting put through in our government that we're not fighting against that we soon won't be able to fight against on the street without being arrested so apparently yeah apparently you just need to look like you might be thinking about it even yeah. <laughs> um yeah and I think that's a really powerful message and one that bringing with it all the things that you're doing in the show the fun elements and the right in your face elements will then hopefully make people start to think in a longer term way and in a bigger picture way yeah and I, I hope I mean one of my kind of goals I've sort of said in in making it is 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 actually just what I would love people to do if they're not already after having seen the show is just go and get involved in something they care about and um and that can be like it doesn't have to be right in on the streets it can be I mean I've got involved with loads of stuff from like pub preservations to volunteering for my local park to like those things are all connected ultimately um even if we don't 
see feel like they are um getting yeah activism and standing up for stuff can really come right back to basics I think just yeah get involved with something do something yeah and make art about it because actually becoming fast we're fast approaching a place where actually the only legal arena to protest will be stages and theatres because if you frame it as a theatre show and you can start a riot in the theatre then at least it's happening somewhere um yeah make art about it guys yeah yeah it's the only licensed venue apparently for discontents (laughs) (laughs) um I would love to uh, ask you I'm going to get Louise to ask the final question but I have one more if you could sum up Jewel in um, five words what would it be um I mean I'll give you a wee bit more than five but if you but if you can do it in five amazing uh absurd uh, anarchic um playful how many words is that for sorry I can't count thoughtful um and mischievous Ooh, I love, it. <laughs> love it gorge also Pavan, what is your crystal that you've got on because I keep catching it and I'm like oh, actually I'm not really a, a expert in stones but it's a black one oh, okay uh, maybe we black obsidian oh my, yeah that sounds like the <laughs> I recognize uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I feel like I've seen that when I picked it up um but yeah I just I like like it and it's nice and cold <laughs> yeah, I was just like me and my big my big massive uh, clear quartz, and I was like, "Boshed the crystal, can't help myself." <laughs> Have you got any thoughts on black obsidian that could be helpful, Elaine? Any thoughts? How well, it's a brilliant be- protection stone. Ah. Um, it also um it can be used for healing as well. It's a really great, but it's a great um protection stone. So really lovely one right now. So maybe that's why you picked it up without <laughs> even knowing yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Just don't take it off. Keep it on throughout the end of it. Yeah. End of it. Yeah. <laughs> Louise will be like, keep that rock on your neck as she likes to say to me. <laughs> I'll just get more of them. I'll be wearing them all day. I mean, literally, I've got some in my bra. So, you yeah. know. Um, Elaine, I like to affectionately call Elaine crystal tits because she's constantly got some in her bra. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's quite a few there's quite a few in, that not in like sharp and jagged though well my tits are massive so not really because like there's a lot of room for them to hide oh, in okay. <laughs> you're not like stabbing so, random I mean there. I don't I don't do the raw ones in my bra oh okay oh yeah of course yeah yeah because <laughs> that makes sense well I'm only saying that because I have done pyrite which is raw in my bra and then came home and I went oh my god what's that mark oh that'll be the crystal that I had in my tit all day um so yeah so that, yeah, that, that, that so now just do a nice polished stone <laughs> anyway we can talk about my crystal loves later on um I just want to remind everybody where they can see Jewel. so it's at the Pleasant Dome and it's from the 17th to the 28th are you having a day off yeah, on the 22nd. So there's no show on the 22nd. No so show on the 22nd. And you are on at 5 to 3. Yes. In the afternoon. Sorry. Or 14.55 or 2.55. As we had a whole thing the other day when we were chatting to an American and I said 5 to something and she went, no, no, it's only an hour. And I was like, oh, no, I mean like 5 to the hour. I need to be clearer on my timings. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> 
Um, yeah. There's all different formats here, so hopefully there'll be no no confusion. Yeah, we're good. we're good. So yeah, we'll make sure and have all the details for Jill in the show notes of today's episode as well. So Pivan, we ask all our guests this question at the end. Um, it's to do with our name, persistent and nasty. Um, I'm sure you've caught it's probably come from a cultural moment. Uh, nevertheless, she persisted moment with Elizabeth Warren and the whole nasty woman moment in the culture that took place a couple of years ago. So we took these two words as a sort of tongue-in-cheek reclamation kind of vibe. Yeah. Um, and that's why we're called that. So we just like to ask our guests when they hear it, when they see it, persistent and nasty, what that makes you think, what it means to you. Um, I think that phrase, when I hear it, I, it makes me think of someone that is that knows what they like and what they don't like um and if you're going to tell them otherwise they'll well that that be on your head <laughs> get out of the way <laughs> I love that very very much uh Pavan, thank you so much for joining Louise and I today it's been a lovely inspiring chat and I know Louise and I are really excited to come and see the show um, and yeah. it has been on as we say one of our lists oh. or a list um at the very start before the festival even began we were like this sounds like a PNN show and we will be there and <laughs> um, so have a great run and once again everybody it's on from the 17th to the 28th of August um at the Pleasance Dome at 2 55 p.m. Uh, thanks. Beautifully done. Thanks, thanks. Thanks, <laughs> man. And um, until next time, lovely listeners, stay, stay nasty. nasty. Yes. <laughs> Love it.